welcome again to Gethsemane Sundays from Gethsemane Lutheran Church in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Our presiding minister is Reverend Deborah Muter, music by Aaron Smith. The following sermon was recorded for January 17th, 2021. Gospel according to St. John, the first chapter. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him about whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus, son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nathanael came to him said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, come and see. When Jesus saw Nathanael coming towards him, he said of him, here is truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael asked him, where did you come to know me? Jesus answered, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you. Nathanael replied, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus answered, do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. Christ. You may be seated. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus, who is the Christ. Amen. Amen. A few years ago when our daughter was married, of course we had a big party, reception, and during that party, two of my almost lifelong best friends got to meet each other for the first time, one from college and one from when we first lived in Florida. So not quite lifelong, but getting on 30 years for one and over 30 for the other. They'd never met each other because they were from different parts of my life. Now, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but there's kind of a weird feeling when you have people who knew each other at different points in your life and who each know you very well get to meet one another. It was good, but there was a certain uh, bit of conspiracy going on between the two of them. It felt a little bit like two against one towards me. But I will say it's worked out well. The three of us have gotten to be friends together, gotten together a few times, even though we live in different cities. And since the pandemic have made our get-togethers on Zoom or other uh, video chats so that we can visit with one another. The thing is, it could be dangerous because, like I said, they both know so much about me going all the way back in my life. And yet, they are both trusting and trustworthy friends. And so I know that I can count on them. I could even say in this season of Epiphany, I've pretty much revealed a lot of myself to each of them. And that's okay, because I know them, and they know me, and we trust one another. This season of Epiphany is all about revealing who Jesus is. You know what an Epiphany is. The way we use it outside of the church here is, I got this great idea. It was a whole Epiphany, right? The light came on, a little light bulb over your head. That's the idea. It's the time, initially, from January 6th, when we talk about the wise men coming, The wise men have been put away now that Christmas season is over, but we'll see them again, right? 
And this epiphany story is a call story, calling the disciples, but it's much more than that. Remember that whenever we are reading in John's Gospel, as we are today and as we will oh, a dozen or more times during the course of this next year, that John has a huge focus on Jesus dwelling, abiding with us. That's where Jesus says that, that he wants to dwell, abide with us. He wants to be in relationship with you and with me. Now, Jesus is already for the record, in relationship with us. But the idea is that he wants that closer relationship with each one of us all the time. And most Christian people, if you ask them, would you like to have a closer relationship with Jesus, would say, yes, of course. And yet, the effort that that takes, the ongoing effort, like Eileen and I were talking about, you get called, sometimes it's easier than others. And you know what, Eileen, you're a thing about Easter egg hunt. That's funny that you're thinking about Easter egg hunt. That's been almost a year ago now, but... It might be easy to find that first however many. Maybe there's a dozen eggs out there. Find that first 11, it's that last one. Isn't that the way it is quite often with our, our faith life and our relationship with Jesus? Lots of it comes pretty quick and pretty easy. Sometimes it's a little more effort for something more. So this call story that's more of an epiphany story reveals more to us about Jesus. Jesus invites us and we invite others. And that's what happens in this gospel reading. Jesus invites us to a new way of living, and we can stop and ask ourselves, what does it look like in our lives to be a part of Jesus' kingdom here on earth now? Here and now, what does that look like? And it's different for each person as we listen. Now, we are, we're always invited. This invitation means that we are revealed to Jesus. Of course, Jesus already knows us. But just as well, Jesus is revealed to us. He's revealed, we are revealed to Jesus, and Jesus is revealed to us. And it means that we can be changed by Jesus right now in our lives. Just look at the story that we heard from John. We've got Philip, who seems to be the, the, the important guy in the story as it begins. He quickly fades away to focus on Nathaniel. Jesus is in Galilee, he finds Philip, and he says, come on, let's go, follow me. And for whatever reason that seems to be enough, Philip does follow. Maybe he has heard and seen things about Jesus, maybe he's experienced them firsthand, but he's impressed enough that not only does he follow Jesus, but he comes, goes and gets Nathaniel and says, check this out. We found him. We've been waiting and waiting and waiting and looking, and finally we found this this Messiah that we've waited for. And when Nathaniel gets this message, he's interested. He asks where this wonderful Messiah is from, and he finds out Nazareth. Now, if you watch my devotions for today, you know I've already talked about this a little bit, but Nazareth was no big deal. And so we could say the same thing. Just pick whatever place you think is no big deal. Okay, you got it in your head? Because I don't want to say it. I don't want to throw off what you've got in mind. And that's where Jesus is from. Oh, well, that's disappointing. He's from Nazareth. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? So at the very onset, Nathaniel is skeptical. And I like that. I mean, Philip just, sure, he went right along. But Nathaniel's got to check it out a little bit. And that's the way it should be. Our faith in Jesus should not just be just like that. Well, maybe it is in some ways. 
but it's okay to check it out, to follow through, to say, hmm, could this be right? See, having doubts and questions in your faith life is normal. It means you think about things, and that's okay. And yet God comes along at the right time and helps us with that. In Nathaniel's case, he doesn't know about this Nazareth thing, this guy from Nazareth, and Philip says just the right words. He doesn't try to convince him. He doesn't try to talk him into it. He says, you just come and check it out yourself. That's what others have done for us, and that is what our call is to do for other people. We can say, you don't think this Jesus thing is right? Come check it out. Read your Bible. Let me pray for you. Invite them to church or invite them to the video of church, yours or another. There's plenty out there to be had right now. And then what happens? Well, with Nathaniel, the first thing that happens is Jesus um, says about Nathaniel, oh, here's, here's an Israelite in whom there's no de deceit. Or the old version was in whom there was no guile. I kind of liked that. We don't use that word much. But so he's already pointed out something about Nathaniel's personality. And I think Nathaniel takes it at this point as, okay, good guess. So far, so good. But yeah, how do you know anything about me, Jesus? And then Jesus specifically says where he saw Nathaniel, something he could not have seen the way that we see with Philip. And now Nathaniel's in. This must really be the one. He can see through walls. He can see to the past. He can see to the future. We don't know what it is, right? And so Nathaniel says, great, I'm in. And Jesus then, instead of saying, good, everything's going to be wonderful, says, you think that was good? Wait till you see what comes next. Keep in mind, for us, we can be Nathaniel. Some of you came into the church very young, and that's where you've been ever since. And some have taken their time getting into the church. And some have come and gone a few times. And maybe you're more on the gone than coming in at this point. You're listening now, right? And the come and see is an invitation that we extend to others, and yet we want to remind ourselves all the time, we need to continue to come and see what Jesus does. And when we see wonderful things, remember that what Jesus said to Nathaniel is for us too. You think that's good? Just wait and see what else I have in mind for you. Now that means in this life now, so many good things, Maybe not the good things we would always ask for, but what God gives us, the good things. And in the life to come, the incredible glory of the resurrection that we look forward to one day, which is a huge comfort and a solace to us as we think of those we've loved who have gone before us. It makes a difference. Jesus knew Nathaniel. He had a deep knowledge of him. He knew him well enough that he could say these things about him, and we know that he knew him even more. When I talked about my friends at the beginning of the sermon, they both know me very well, not as well as Jesus knows me, thankfully. Actually, I'm grateful nobody knows me as well as, as Jesus knows me, as most of us are, knows even my thoughts, right? But having someone who knows you and loves you is very important. I have a little plaque in my laundry room that says a friend is someone who knows all about you, and loves you anyway. And I think that's probably true for all of us in how we love others. 
and in the way that we are loved by others. Jesus has this deep knowledge of Nathaniel, and he has this deep knowledge of each and every one of us. Now, that can be a little scary for us, but it's there. There's no two ways about it. You could go throughout the New Testament and see the things that Jesus has done. How about in just a few chapters on in John, the woman at the well, we heard about her last Lent. She, Jesus knew all about her, about her failed marriages, she, her past hurts. And so when she called the others from her Samaritan village to come and see Jesus, the reason she said to come and see him is, he told me everything I did. He knew all about her, and he loved her. Jesus knows all about us. He loves us. Jesus, part of the Holy Trinity that created us from the beginning, knows us and loves us deeply. Another poem from Steve Garnis Holmes, Unfolding Light, says this, The beloved sees you and knows you. The inner you, the soul you. Not the faults, failures, not your alibis, not your gold or silver medals, not what you or others think of you, but the soul inside the story, the heart beneath the wounds, what God created and has always loved, the thou of you, seen without judgment, known without blame, named beloved, treasured, welcome it. You can stop pretending. Let yourself be the one God knows. And so I will close with this. Numbers, nice, neat, easy to remember numbers. Number one, God made you. Why don't you join me if you're here? Just, just humor me. Get your hand out and let me see thumb for number one. Eileen, you too. Oh, now, that's, sometimes it doesn't work, right? Eileen. Number one, God made you. Number two, God loves you. Number three, God has been made known to you in Jesus Christ. Number four, God wants a close and loving relationship with you. And number five, God wants you to share this with others. Because, go back to number one, for that person, God made you. God loves you. God has been made known to you in Jesus Christ. God wants you to share. God wants a close and loving relationship with you, and God wants you to share this with others because go back to number one and say it to someone else, and you know how it goes from here. Twice is enough through, right? You've got it. That's what Jesus did. He died for our sins. While we were yet sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. He's not waiting for you to get all fixed up and pretty and just right. He loves you like you are right now because he knows your total inside. He died on the cross. He was raised by the Father to new life and brings us along in his new life. Here and now to share that message, to love and serve those around us. You are made and then one day to be in God's glory. So here and now you are made loved and known by God, live in that love and share that message with others. In Jesus' name, amen.
This has been a Wing Shout production. Wing Shout.